summer. Uh, school's out, but Batman University is in because this is my now reoccurring summer project. It's me, your internet friend, uh, Tony Sindelar. Uh, if you've listened to the prior Batman University episodes, you know we have covered Batman in many animated forms uh, at this point, and we are, as we enter uh, year three of Batman University, we are moving into kind of the uh, the advanced topic seminars. I'm hoping to release a few episodes this summer on uh, specific curated Batman-related things that I think are interesting and worthy of talking about. Our topic tonight for tonight's episode is the Lego Batman movie. And joining me, I have a, a, a crew of elite Batman scholars joining us uh, today. Uh, first off, uh, my, my friend from the Flash Flashcast, uh, Lisa Schmeiser. I'm so glad to be back at Batman University. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Again, not an accredited university. Uh, I am legally required to Wait, say what? that every time someone says Batman University. <laughs> transferred here from the seven sisters oh that was not a good choice uh for several reasons <laughs> so um also here uh my buddy from role-playing adventures uh aline sims who's your number one bad guy uh well i have a couple bad guys I guess. Uh... i'm not quoting the line directly i'm sorry but reference acknowledged mm. um, and uh <laughs> he does not have the deep history yet uh but joining us i think nathan is this your first time at batman university no, actually, uh, I was on the Batman the Animated Series episode, and I must have made a huge impression. I'm good at remembering things. so uh, it's, Can I call you Padre? It's Nathan Alderman. Welcome, Nathan. Papa! <laughs> so we are talking about uh, the recently released, this is a 2017 uh, CG animated uh, superhero movie about Batman, the Lego Batman movie which is, uh, it's kind of a, a, a sequel to the Lego movie, which came out slightly before that. Uh, and uh, when people saw that this movie was coming out, I got a lot of tweets from people who wanted to make sure I knew about this movie, which I appreciate wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, when something foolish and Batman is happening in the world, please do not hesitate to contact me. Yes, sometimes that means I get like 15 messages about some guy who's actually teaching a university course about Batman, I don't care. I, I like I like knowing that you, you, you know that I am obsessed with this ridiculous thing. Um, but though though I am uh, enthusiastic about many forms of Batman, uh, there are some forms of Batman I, I do not care for. Uh, and this, I think the Lego Batman movie represents kind of a, a pinnacle of Batman that, that I do enjoy uh, and I'm very excited about. And hence, this was kind of my first pick for one of our, uh, our, our advanced topics here. So uh, let's check in with our panel and see kind of like uh, initial thoughts on the Lego Batman movie. How did, how did you discover this? Uh, what does it mean to you? Uh, Nathan, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm really interested in this movie because it's one of the only Batman movies that's interested in Batman as a person, as a character, not as an ideal, not as a symbol, not as a vehicle for Christopher Nolan to explore deeper themes. It's actually interested in who Batman is as, as a person and it also, I love the way that it makes the subtext supertext. It doesn't just bring it up to, to the text level. It shouts it out loud in a very sweet and endearing way. Uh, Aline, you want to go next? This is the best Batman movie ever. Mm -hmm. It just is. Um, it's it's lighthearted, but it still explores some kind of heavy topics, some very heavy topics um like how abusive batman is toward mm -hmm. everybody um, <laughs> and um i don't know i just really liked it especially after the letdown that was the lego movie itself mm -hmm. uh this was refreshing and i actually went and saw it in the theater 
after so many people were like, it's amazing. So I actually went and saw it even after watching the Lego movie. So mm -hmm. it was, and I liked it. I like it a lot. Lisa. My daughter, I had promised my daughter that I would take her to see a movie in the theater, like, you know, a real movie in the theater. And this was the only kid-friendly movie playing that weekend. And we agreed to it. And um, the fact that a then six-and-a-half-year-old could laugh her way through it and enjoy the story on one level, and I could go through and see what they were doing when they were commenting on the tropes with... Um, the emotional tropes with superhero supervillain matchups. Um, like my favorite conceit in this movie is how the Batman Joker relationship is basically every rom-com. Like mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love how that plays out. I love that at one point he explicitly says, I'm, I'm fighting a lot. I'm fighting a few people right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the fact that the people who wrote this movie knew how to reach multiple audiences really um, endeared mm -hmm. itself to me. And then um, we watched it last week with a group of people who are now seven and a half. And it was interesting watching them and what they responded to. And then I watched it again. I've seen this movie three times now. Mm. I watched. Same. I watched. <laughs> yeah, I watched it again on Monday night and uh, was just really impressed by um, both the snide throwaway jokes. Like when you see Alfred reading the book, uh, you know, managing your <laughs> setting boundaries with your child. <laughs> And um, the way they managed to get some real emotional moments in there without overwhelming the um, without overwhelming the whole movie or ever losing the the the, the juvenile humor, which which sells it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that this movie leans into the juvenile. It's pretty good. I don't know who this movie is made for, uh, other than me. Um, yeah, because yeah. this movie is ridiculous uh i mean it, it is a kid's movie it does seem very designed to sell toys uh lego batman pre-existed as a toy line before it existed as a movie which is usually like not a good sign uh the amount of of batman deep canon references in this is bizarre uh the unbelievable like, you know, uh, well this is an actual family movie it's yeah. made because teenagers can like the snotty throwaway jokes like again alfred reading the discipline of your kin book little kids can which get is into... written by the, the the book is written by dr bartholomew wolper who's the hippy dippy new age psychiatrist from frank miller's the dark knight returns <laughs> Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it, so, so there's that, the comic, the people who are doing deep cut comic book stuff, um, or deep, or deep cut animated stuff, like when the Condiment King came out and, yes. so they're, and they're like, you're making some of these up. And he's like, no, I'm not. Look it up. I was like, that's so great. Um, I would and, like to refer people to Inconceivable for further discussion about the Condiment King. <laughs> Yeah. So it's 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 just I think it's an actual family movie. The people the people who wrote this movie were like, okay, how do we how do we make jokes land for little kids who are going to be really into Legos and toys and make believe and who are gratified to see what goes on in their head on the screen, and the people who have to take them to these movies. And it's rare to get it right. Like I can list a bunch of movies I've had to see which get it really wrong. Um, cough cough DreamWorks and um, I I just really love that. You know, it's it's a weird thing to say about a Lego movie. It's really thoughtful. Like mm -hmm. they, they, it's just really thoughtfully done for a lot of audiences, and I like that. So let's talk about the connection to the Lego movie. Aline, you've already said that you are you're not a fan. Uh, I, I I enjoyed the Lego movie. I only saw it once, so I haven't I haven't mm -hmm. gone back to it. It does suffer from that kind of horrible trope where like uh, clueless 
clueless dude is the chosen one, even though like there's a, a lady who is like, you know, a badass ninja hacker, uh, and clearly is capable of everything, but is not the chosen one and therefore can't like the story is not about her because that's what the people who made the story is about, even though that doesn't really make any sense in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do people feel about this as like a continuation of the Lego movie? Cause to me it's, you know, I mean, I guess there's the pre-existing Lego Batman toy line, but the Lego stuff is kind of tangential, right? Like, like there's, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit where they remind us that Batman is this thing called the master builder, which is something in the Lego movie where there's like an elite group of master builders who can build, they can build stuff with Legos kids. That's what it means. Uh, Cause at one point, instead of just getting his bat thing from a, uh, from the cave, he builds a a new, uh, I think he builds the scuttler uh, out of parts Mm -hmm. from, from buildings. Um, But it, it almost feels kind of, to me, a little like, I don't know how important that connection was. And some of the places where they try and make it important feel a little unnecessary. What, what do other people feel about that? Uh, I was thinking the Lego movie is to Lego Batman like any one of the Hulk movies is to to uh, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> could you tell us more about, could you take that apart for us? <laughs> what, you, you all didn't like the analogies parts on the SATs as much as I did? Um... <laughs> no, no, nobody else alive did as much as you did, Lisa. <laughs> I, uh, what, what I'm, what I mean by that is in the same way that you're like, okay, there's a Hulk origin story and it's ostensibly tied to the Marvel universe. And you can debate whether it's the Edward Norton one or the Bruce or, or the Eric Bana one. No one cares, but like, you know, it's there. Um, I feel that way about the Lego movie and, um, I prefer to actually think of Lego Batman as kind of its own fully fleshed out, uh, fully fleshed out cinematic universe where there is some homage or tie back as necessary but most of the time they're just so interested in the hero's journey of self-discovery and the social dynamics that they're just like man whatever who cares if some (laughs) who cares if some lego dude invented a couch in another movie this has Mm -hmm. no bearing on what's going on with this one and in this world we are going to acknowledge that yes it's built like when they have the neil degrasse tyson lego come out and explain how the world is built on plates and cracks and things like that you know, I did flash back a little bit to the original Lego movie, but they don't even um... that. I wasn't sure if that is like because that could be a Batman reference. I think it's a, a Lego movie reference more than it is. But there's a whole there's a, a Batman storyline where there's a there's an earthquake. It's called like No Man's Land. So it's like it's both. <laughs> it's a Lego movie reference and a Batman deep canon reference. So. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought I thought it was a Lego movie reference and the the movie's winking acknowledgement that yes, this is taking place with. Um, in a highly weird situation where Legos are sentient and uh, <laughs> defying the laws of physics and intelligence by creating a society. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, I, again, I just kind of regard it as something that's sort of on another plane compared mm-hmm. to the progenitor. And, you know, I'm grateful to whoever did the voice casting for the Lego movie that they stuck uh, Will Arnett in that role. And we're like, Hey, um, but I really feel like the, the the movie that we're discussing is just above and beyond it. Uh, Nathan, did you have thoughts? Yes. So I, I really like the Lego movie, despite the trope you've mentioned, which they make sure to hang a lampshade on in the trailer for the second Lego movie. But the thing I like that, that is a is the one piece of continuity between the Lego Batman movie and the, and the Lego movie is Batman's characterization. Uh, spoiler for the Lego movie. Um, 
it's all taking place in a child's mind. Basically, the, the whole story is a kid playing with Legos, a little boy playing with Legos. And his conception of Batman is very much a little boy's conception of Batman as the toughest, coolest, most awesome dude in the universe who stays up late and listens to black metal and sings and raps. Um, and, uh, and the genius of the Lego Batman movie is that the guys behind it said, wait a minute. Isn't a little boy's conception of Batman exactly what Batman is? He's a scared little boy imagining somebody who will never, ever, ever need to be scared or hurt again. And they take that and they run with it in what I think is a really beautiful way. I, I really enjoy uh, Will Arnett's performance as as Batman. Uh, I was a little sad to see that there's he's in the he's voicing uh, Slade Wilson in the Teen Titans movie coming out, and he's basically doing the same voice. His because it's he's a gravelly villain in that one. Uh, but I just I love him as kind of arrogant, deeply broken Batman. <laughs> um, so he uh, does it so well. Yeah, I mean, my favorite scene with Batman from the Lego Batman movie is the thing where he's like, he has to hit a button and he throws like thirty batarangs at it, and then he's like, got it in one, and it's like, no, no, Batman, uh, you know. And I, I think that that is probably one of my favorite scenes in in that movie, both because you know, hey, <laughs> I have a, a little bit of a soft spot for Batman, but uh, but but for the humor and the just ridiculousness of the uh, the arrogant uh, uh, superhero who is maybe not so super yeah there's a lot of really subtle critique of rich arrogant white guys running through both these movies especially in this one where they call out specifically it's not good for a wealthy billionaire to be running around beating up poor people without accountability yep mm -hmm. yep yeah they they unpack a lot of the uh things that like hey does gotham make any sense like yeah no it doesn't make like, sense. It doesn't, like, no. when they point out his track record with failure with all like you failed to catch this guy you failed to catch this guy you failed to catch this guy you failed to catch this guy. i was like oh wow that's mm. pretty stark for a kid's movie <laughs> yeah uh, there's the uh you know they're, they're really not holding them back with uh revealing social ills here in terms of um you know who should be enforcing the law in this police state with multiple supervillains. uh aline did you have did you have more you wanted to say about the uh the lego movie no i just uh i, I would say that as a how old was i when the lego movie came out like 34 year old woman it still really sucks to be told that you can't be the hero of a story um so that's why I don't like it. It's just because it's like, oh, look, this capable woman is, you know, passed over for everything. And, oh, look, she she actually cannot be the master builder because reasons like and I get that those reasons are it's a little boy's fantasy and a little boy wants to see the dude in control, whatever. But like, yeah. I could have made it a little girl's fantasy and it would have been fine. So that's not I mean, for marketing purposes. There's all that data. There's all that data that talks about how little boys won't go see girly movies and buy girly toys, blah, blah, blah. It's just such a craven commercial calculation. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. And so, you know, it, 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 so I'll just, there were funny moments in it. It was fine, but, mm -hmm. um, it just, it really sucked <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to be sure. in there. And, the, and um, I think that's why I can appreciate the Batman movie so much is because it does have this social commentary that we've talked about. It does have Barbara Gordon in it <laughs> because Barbara Gordon is always amazing, but like they allowed her to be amazing in this to a lesser role. But I think that was okay given what the movie is. Mm -hmm. um, but like having her like, 
when she first appears in the movie and it's like, and she did this thing and that <laughs> thing and this other thing. And, and like, oh, and here's Batman. And she's like, yeah, Batman, you gotta know, <laughs> you gotta back off, dude. And I really, like, I really, really appreciated that. And they allowed her to continue with that throughout the movie. There wasn't a point where she was like, oh, well, I guess Batman's perfect. You know, she's always throughout the whole movie going like, no, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, I like I appreciated that it was not not redemption for the Lego movie, but it kind of helped take the sting out a little bit. Yeah. I like that. She goes to Harvard for police. Harvard for police. That's such <laughs> yes. a great joke. <laughs> and and she's competent and she's qualified and she's out thinking Batman. And, um, you know, when she points out there's a reason that he wants to be behind bars and um, all of that. And I like that she's the one who's consistently right through the movie without getting annoying about it. Yep. Um, yeah, she's my... never a wet blanket or a nag or a killjoy. She's just I awesome. I know. That's mm-hmm. so rare. My daughter gets like the hearts in her eyes when she talks about <laughs> Barbara Gordon. Um, and, you know, I asked her tonight, I was like, well, what do you want me to talk about on the podcast? And she's like, Barbara Gordon, because Batgirl is so smart and she made fun of Batman's costume. <laughs> 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 And they even do and, like a pretty good job here where she's I mean, she is kind of she she wants Batman to play by the rules, but she wants to work with Batman. She's not the the police commissioner who wants to outlaw Batman or yeah. you know, I mean she's like, We're putting you in jail because you keep breaking into things, like we want to be partners. Please just like can we have a conversation here? Can you stop like doing yeah, whatever ridiculous that's... thing it is you're doing right now? <laughs> Again, she's she's not an obstacle. She's not a nag. And I love how the movie makes it clear that it's Batman's abundant problems. And mm-hmm. I also like that through the movie, it's women who call him on his crap. Mm-hmm. Because you've, you've also got Phyllis the Talking Brick. Yeah. Where she points out, she's like, well, you're not a bad guy, but you don't treat people well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, she's the one who, for- she keeps asking him all these tough questions. And I like that the movie makers a have her have have him be consistently interrogated and and here's the thing, listening to the women in his life like they give him that character development beat where you see him listening and accepting feedback and incorporating it and then being surprised that that it actually worked and I liked that where it was never well the answer was in me all along now it wasn't and I like that he has to be receptive to other people to find that out. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also really like the portrayal of, of Harley Quinn in this movie. Not only is Jenny mm-hmm. Slate just brilliant casting for Harley oh, Quinn, yes. but it's the healthiest relationship you've ever seen between Harley Quinn and the Joker. They are they seem to be mutually respectful and emotionally supportive. And and you mm-hmm. know, obviously you can't have you know no one told Paul Dini this, but you can't have an abusive relationship in a kids movie. But, you know, also they uh, they kind of have to dial that back because the real relationship in this film is between Batman and the Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do love that, like, the Joker seems to trust and respect Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. that she's portrayed as like a, a, a kind, in her own way, a kind and empathetic person who really cares about the Joker. You know, and if he weren't so focused on Batman, I think he'd care about her even more than he is shown to do. Yeah. Did you see, so I ended up buying the movie because we don't have HBO and HBO Go right now. And the iTunes uh, version of the movie has these digital extras and they do shorts. And one of the shorts is Harley's 
uh, Lonely Hearts Lonely Hearts Advice Show on TV. It's a public access <laughs> oh, where wow. where she where she counsels the Joker on the relationship and gives him a giant breakup phone so he can call Batman and she <laughs> and she coaches him through therapy. It's really cute. Oh my gosh, I've got to find this. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they remember that Harley Quinn is a therapist and she serves that function through the movie, trying to help the Joker become more emotionally healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just great. Um, I love that. I love that. Um, I, I love that they did the meow meow thing with Catwoman. I mean, like it makes no sense whatsoever, but it's a great running joke. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel bad for Zoe Kravitz. She shows up in the studio and she's like, "I have three lines, and all of them begin with meow meow." Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of voice actors who get like two lines, and it's like it's kind of ridiculous how famous the person is that they got for that. Uh, Billy but, D. Williams. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Billy D. Williams, who who I mean, that's that was like people were super excited because he gets to play Two Face which there's the whole thing where he plays Harvey Dent in the first Batman film in 1989, but then uh, he they recast who Two-Face is going to be. So he gets to be Two-Face, which he never got to be back in 1989. But yeah, I mean, does he have maybe two lines and they're like in the mm-hmm. background, like, you know, while other people are saying stuff, right? So there, yeah. there there's a lot of people who uh they're you know don't don't get a, a ton of dialogue in uh and you know i think there's even a bunch of people who are uncredited um there's there's a lot of egregiously wasted voice talent in this yeah. movie although doug mm-hmm. benson's bane does manage to make an impression yeah. and i love oh, it, God, it was he's so, so funny. sweet yeah uh I, yeah that I, was unnecessary <laughs> bane feels warm and fuzzy <laughs> i will say the one that like i guess i just feel kind of like eh, it's fine um Zach Galifianakis as the Joker doesn't yeah. doesn't do much for me. Um, I guess it's okay, but it yeah. feels a little overshadowed by by kind of all the other stuff going on. I I don't know. I I think that he brings a nice mix of like kookiness and yet vulnerability to the role that that I felt really worked for this interpretation of the character. He can't be mm-hmm. too scary, and there's this sweetness to Galifianakis and also this kind of manic quality that that works well. I thought for for this version of the Joker. But I mean, everybody—the whole main voice cast—everybody's bringing their A games. Ray Ray Fiennes is crushing it. Yes, I'm not sure why Michael Sarah has ever been funnier. Like, why yeah, did that's they so have... weird that they? Yeah, why did they it have is... Eddie Izzard as Voldemort when they could have just been like, okay, Ray Fiennes, we're going to tag yeah. this on. You... It made no sense. It, it does it not was make any sense. Bugging me. <laughs> I mean, it, it bugs me too. But you know, if you have to cast an, an imposing warlock in a black dress, Eddie Izzard yeah. is not a bad choice. Yeah, no, the dress part for sure. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I mean, some of the choices are just weird kind of stunt casting kinds of things. Uh, Jemaine Clement as as Sauron is just like, you know, you're from New Zealand. You can play something Lord of the Rings related, right? Um, (laughs) But he does get he does get some good moments like, uh, you know, oh, my gosh, are you telling me that Bruce Wayne is Batman's roommate? Yes. And then his his little uh, show, whatever. Uh, is a pretty great reaction. Yeah, I, I maybe we'll have a, a mini draft of favorite gags and moments, but uh, the ongoing uh, obliviousness of people to uh, the Bruce Wayne Batman connection is mm-hmm. is up there. Uh, you know that that there's that joke and my other favorite one where it's like you live in in, in Bruce Wayne's uh, basement. It's like no, Bruce Wayne lives in Batman's attic. It's my, yeah. <laughs> so. The, the jokes in this movie are like Batman's abs. Yeah. They are well-developed to the point of being totally sick. You can tell that a lot of work went into them, and there are slightly Extras. more of them than... Yes, exactly. There are slightly <laughs> more of them than you would logically expect. Yeah. This is a movie that is, you know, even with uh, my relatively well-established Batman 
uh, back knowledge. This movie is is slightly more about abs than I could have ever expected. (laughs) (laughs) And abs on Legos. That's the best part. (laughs) Yeah, that ninth one is something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Uh, Yeah. So I had to have a discussion with my daughter about one of the scenes. And that's when Batman shows up at Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Mm-hmm. And then discovers there has there's a Justice League party or a Super Friends party to which he was not invited. Mm-hmm. And um, Trix asked me, she's like, "So who's right and who's wrong?" You know, and she's like, "Should?" And I said, "Well, Batman's not very friendly, so why would you invite somebody who has never been really friendly to you to a party?" And she's like, "Well, his feelings were hurt." And I said, "Do you think they think Batman cares about their feelings?" And she's like. <sighs> So Superman was right that Batman's feelings still got hurt. And I was like, yes, that's how. It... But I wanted to get everyone else's take because it's it's a little. Um, it seemed a little weird to me that they, they did have this conceit of a Justice League without a Batman. And I get why they did it for narrative purposes. Mm-hmm. But it didn't quite. That was the one thing where, you know, I, I don't care who's right or who's wrong in that scenario. I would have totally not invited Batman either. Um, Especially this ver- <laughs> this version of Batman is uh, exactly it and, does and not so play I, well I, with others, right? Like I get that internally in the movie, it makes sense that this version of Batman, who's a selfish jerk who doesn't play with others, wouldn't be part wouldn't be part of the Justice League. But like the whole point of the Justice League is that Batman is actually very much one of the foundational pillars mm-hmm. and things that keeps it going. So, uh, did anybody else have like a little moment there where you're like? a minute or or uh, no i i just figured they they invite him along when they're fighting evil but like when it comes time to party then they don't want him around it's like that that guy you know at work that you never want to invite to hang out with you at your house yeah but you don't not invite that guy to the work party right so I don't know. It's it, also keeping in mind Batman does show up at the Fortress of Solitude with the intent of stealing from Superman. So there's yeah. there's a lot of moral complexity here in this ridiculous in something that is basically well, set well, up for a joke. With the intent of sending an expendable orphan to steal from yes, Superman, that, that actually sorry, amplifies it a little. I think. Yes. And Superman is portrayed as a little bit of a smug jerk himself. He's, I mean, he's, there's he's his bro. his he's, abusive relationship with Green Lantern. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is an extra broy uh, Superman. Well, it's Channing Tatum playing well, him, so yeah, that's can... that's max level, bro. Um, but yeah, uh, I loved you know the cameos by Gleek, by Wendy, Marvin, and DJ Wonder Dog. <laughs> um, uh, the 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 references in this movie are insane. I mean, there's at one point where Bruce Wayne pulls out a magazine at the at the gala where they're celebrating Barbara Gordon. And, you know, he's on the cover, you know, most eligible bachelor in Gotham. But on the back is something for Barris Automobiles. And that's the last name of the guy who designed the Batmobile mm-hmm. in the 1960s Batman TV series. Yeah, there, there's a ton of Easter eggs. There's a, a Ferris Airlines, I think, is what they use when they fly or they take off from the airstrip when they go to the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, they, they're all uh, kind of scattered throughout. And that's even, I guess we've only barely mentioned, so, because you've got all these kind of different sets of references, right? There's the, we're going to include, at least uh, in appearance, even if they may not have any line of dialogue, basically 30 Batman villains, right? And then you're going to go and see all the Justice League and Super Friends. uh, And then also, uh, because of the conceit of the movie, uh, the Joker teams up with the world's greatest villain slash I guess who we're trying to sell toys of. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we, we have this, and I guess that was a thing where they had to kind of, they spent a lot of time figuring out uh, which, which villains would appear. Uh, and I think they were just, they, you know, because it is a kid's movie, they had to stick to 
uh, villains that would be appear in movies that kids might be familiar with, and they couldn't have, um, you know, I guess, I guess they were, they wanted to have some some kind of more uh, horror movie type characters that were cut because they mm-hmm. kids were like less Jason to, and yeah, so we Freddy Krueger things yeah, like that. So we have more of the kind of G and PG uh, level mm-hmm. of uh, of monsters and and villains that are invading uh, uh, Gotham, including the mm-hmm. the un un explicitly identified uh british robots are probably uh my favorite mm-hmm. reference there if, so. if they call yes. them daleks they got to cut a check to terry nation they sure look mm-hmm. like daleks though they may still have to i don't i don't know that may have i was unclear if that was for legal reasons or just for humor um so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well i mean there's godzilla's in the movie but they can't name him and, and yeah you it's, know, it's like monsters. legally distinct godzilla um which yeah. is weird because they've got king kong but it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's like legally distinct sea monster Godzilla. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's green and big, but he's not Godzilla. Um, Which is weird because Warner has the rights to both Godzilla and King Kong. All the named villains are people Warner yeah. has the rights to. I don't know. Maybe it had to do with wh- who's going to appear in a movie next that they don't want to mm. you know confuse people about. Um, yeah. So uh, we should probably say more about uh, Batman and Batman feelings and uh, how this movie unpacks. Uh, what what it means to be batman because i feel like that is that is the uh the big message through here which may or may not be lost on kids i'm i'm curious uh uh how how your how your kid uh, reacted to that uh lisa you know what do, do you think she got what the movie is trying to say about the nature of batman and who he is as a person and how that maybe isn't so great yeah that was the so bear in mind she comes at this Again, seven and a half years old, but from her perspective, the movie should have been Batgirl finally deals with Batman. And um, <laughs> I'm on her like, team. <laughs> yeah. And um, the message she got from it was also that uh, Batman got into all this trouble because he hadn't been a very nice person mm-hmm. and he had chosen to make some very bad choices and now he's chosen to make better choices. Because she's fairly young. Um, and because she's actually reading, I would warrant are a very different generation of comic books than the ones we're brought up on. Because she reads Squirrel Girl, um, we read the uh, Justice League, not the Justice League. We read the the the, the um, books where the, the the lady superheroes are going to the high school, things like that. Anyway, um, the point is, she's not growing up with the same Batman tropes we have, mm-hmm. or superhero or superhero tropes in general. And I don't think she's gonna have to fight to question the idea that all superheroes have tragic backstories and or missing dads and or weird beginnings. And what I like is how this movie makes the point that Batman has consistently refused to deal with his feelings. And um, he consistently craps on the people around him and everyone finally calls him on it instead of just patiently extending him all sorts of unconditional love and swooning over him being Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think that's my favorite thing is Alfred finally calls him out and not in like a twinkly Michael Caine, I know best kind of way, but like explicitly. And people have no patience for his for his monkey shines and he gets mm-hmm. consequences and he gets consequences for it. You so rarely see that in superhero movies. Like you don't even see it in Marvel movies. So I oh, like that God, you see it Oh God, yeah, Tony Stark. <laughs> Tony yeah, Stark is overdue for some consequences. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah. That's the danger of when you your your butler is uh, programmed by you is that there's who's going to call you out. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe that that's putting a lot of weight on Happy Hogan. I guess to do there, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I I mean it's it's 
it's played for laughs, but uh, it is impressive how far gone this version of Batman is. I mean, I think one of the things I like uh, that I think is kind of done for comedic purposes, but also like tells you a lot about the character is how much of uh, this movie we see Batman in the uh, the cowl, even if he's not wearing the bat suit below oh it. Oh God! In the limo. Yeah, in the limo. The limo oh my God. when he's the eating hair, dinner yes. at home because we only yeah we basically see him as Bruce Wayne like at the gala for for Barbara Gordon and then at the end when he reveals to Robin like yeah yeah I'm also Bruce Wayne um but yeah he is he is basically almost always at least a little bit Batman he is he's relentlessly Batman um and I like I mean the set design in this movie is off the chain but it especially works well in the bat cave the the scope of the bat cave is just nice to look at period but it also serves to emphasize both how alone Batman is and how he tries to fill that solitude with stuff. You know, all the ridiculous mm-hmm. carousels of vehicles. I-, I liked that. I thought it was a great little visual shorthand. Mm-hmm. It's neat that, like, at the start of the movie, Batman isn't happy. He's pretending he's happy. He's mm-hmm. got, you know, this adulation, but it doesn't really mean anything to him. He goes home and, and pretends that he's happy being alone, but he's really you know, terribly isolated in, in ways that are both funny and kind of sad. It's it's kind of a weird thing, too, because it's like, here's this shot in this movie where we are going to show you all these Lego sets that you could buy and some that don't mm-hmm. exist, right? And it's like, Batman has all of the toys. Go buy all the toys. But also, the toys will not make you happy. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's also interesting how this movie is an explicit rebuke to Zack Snyder's conception of Batman. I mean, they yeah. they don't just make fun of it, but literally, yeah, they tear the apart the idea. Yeah. yeah, that you know, all I feel is rage. I'm a heavy metal rapping machine. You know, that 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 is that is how Zack Snyder mm-hmm. sees Batman. But this movie mm-hmm. is, and, and these are two movies that came out a year apart from the same studio, and one of them is tearing the other a new one. It's mm-hmm. really I can't think of anything else where that's happened. It's uh, it's an interesting time we live in. Um, <laughs> so uh, maybe we can do kind of a mini draft. Uh, we're not going to go through the movie scene by scene following the plot, but I want to hear from people uh, what their, uh, their, their favorite kind of gags or, or moments are. Uh, I, I'll, I'll lead off as n- not because I'm not a, a gracious host, but to give you time to think <laughs> about what those would be. Um, <laughs> I, I think one of my favorite gags is the, uh, when Batman gets back to Wayne Manor after he has defeated the, the 30 different supervillains and he's reheating the Loster Thermidor in the microwave and he's just in the kitchen all alone and they have the like rotating light of the microwave like illuminating him and then he's sitting in his bat, bat kayak in his in, in his cave all alone eating it in like three bites and it's just that like I think that told me a lot about what this movie was going to be like pretty early <laughs> on and that just that really sticks with me. So... I love the I love that microwave scene too because it goes on forever. Yes, like I I I was sitting there and I was like, wow, they're really drawing it out, and you know they're doing it to make a point, and it just it just goes on and on and on. I was like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, they and like, is they that dwell. is that joke for kids? I don't know. I find it hilarious, but would a kid just be bored by it? Uh, uh... I think the visual is what got tricks, because um, the idea of him chomping on a giant whole lobster is just tremendously funny if you're small. Um, but she doesn't get the 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 
the the bigger like more more grim grown up joke. Just like she doesn't get why it's funny where the only piece of meal he gets is a Bed Bath and Beyond coupon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, who wants to be the uh, the next draft pick? Um, I love the scuttler. I just the design of that <laughs> thing, the way it moves, the way that you know it, it has. He has that old yeller moment with it. Where, you know, its ears droop and it looks all sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, it's so beautiful to me. I just love the design and the way it, you know, clambers and loops around like a gorilla dog bat. (laughs) It's just such a wonderful idea and, and it could only have been done in Lego. Which is also interesting because, like, there's so many versions of the Batmobile and there literally are multiple, like, Bat spaceships and Bat planes and whatnot. Like, the idea that you could come up with a new Bat vehicle is pretty challenging. There's 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 a lot mm-hmm. of pre-existing art there that you've got to work on top of. And I don't know, maybe, that, maybe that's a reference to something that I am oblivious to. But, yeah. Well, and all those vehicles are in the movie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I enjoy the scholar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aline, you want to go next? it's really hard for me to pick um, because I do love so much about this movie, but I think the scene that really got me the first time I watched it was his solo dress up party. So before Robin comes (laughs) when it's just Batman and the computer and he's like, what outfit do I wear for this fight? And it's like this whole montage of like everything um, with even like some, hey, maybe this is culturally insensitive and, mm-hmm. you know, like some of those mm-hmm. nods too. It just cracks me up so much. But I do also appreciate the the dress up party with Robin mm-hmm. um, when, you know, like the gold sparkly cape comes out yes. and it, you know, mm-hmm. like it, 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 it is maintained throughout the rest of the movie, that gold sparkly cape. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's. It it just cracks. I could watch that scene on repeat, I think. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I mean, it's great just because there are a lot of bat suits out there, and a lot of them are, you know, feel very much of their time, whatever their yeah. time was. Mm-hmm. Um, and they definitely, they get a lot of jabs in at the uh, the Robin suit, and um, <laughs> how, how anyone would probably feel about that. Uh, Lisa? I consistently laugh. Um anytime anyone's shooting a gun and they just go, oh, pew, 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 that pew, was my pew, next pew, one yes. yes oh my gosh <laughs> and, and other sound effects um yes. when batman bangs on the glass he goes bang 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 yes and and when phyllis is scanning she goes bleep 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 you know she makes those beep beep mm-hmm. beep, 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 and it's just so i i love it i it's it is the dumbest thing to laugh at because it's not you know it's sophisticated so meta commentary thing, but it's just so because they sell it it's so sincere and I yeah. love that. It's just pew, pew, pew. And I'm like, oh, of course, that's what happens in this world. It's pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time. Oh, uh, it's, it's, I don't know why it really gets to me, too. That was going to be my next one. I just, I love it so much mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah. that everything is so exaggerated to the point that, like, yeah, you just, you kind of do onomatopoeia sound effects for whatever you're doing. Uh, yeah. And it kind of, I guess it even kind of, like, makes the violence, I guess, maybe even a little bit kind of more friendly and less shocking right because there are Mm -hmm. these kind of explosions and fist fights and gunfights and whatnot but it's like no the cops are just saying pew 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 as little (laughs) orange legos shoot out from them so i love it um i guess i have to draft one that is not that um 
So I will just say that one of my favorite moments in this movie is right at the beginning, like literally before the movie even starts. I was cracking up again. And I've I've seen this movie three times. But Batman says, like, black. Really important movies start with black. And then he does his commentary on the different, like, logos that load in. And it just, it lets you know this movie is going to be really stupid and awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I just, I, 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 I don't know if I... I can't imagine the last time that I was like cracking up before the movie had actually even started. Um, and I think that Will Arnett really does lets you know right from the get go what kind of Batman he is uh, he is delivering. Um, it still makes me laugh just kind of thinking about it. So yeah. <laughs> Although I will say I was going to say starting a movie about a grown man who, because of a traumatic childhood, is trying to recapture his youth in ways that put a young boy in danger with a Michael Jackson quote. Yes. Maybe not <laughs> yeah. the best idea. It's the best because it makes a lot of comments both on on the, the horrible gap between the sentiment that Michael Jackson was espousing and the type of things he was doing behind the scenes and on the adults that exploited him and turned him into that. Good point. Point the finger at Joe Jackson, I say. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of dark stuff right under the surface of this movie. When when Batman crashes the his Joker-fied Wayne Manor to to confront the Joker, a lot of the the set designs and the staging and everything is taken directly from the Killing Joke. Yeah. I mean, oh, for, yeah. in that that you know, but from from the opening hallway where all the paintings have been defaced to the Hall of Mirrors sequence to the Joker, you know, on a throne surrounded by doll heads they're they know exactly what they're doing and if you you know what to look for it's like ooh, that's uh it's a little unsettling yeah it's uh some of the choices are strange uh but i still i love a lot of them um nathan is that your uh your choice for the draft or you want to that's a... my choice for the draft awesome. i cool. won't i won't hog the the mic aline mm-hmm. do you got another one uh I, I the jail scene when batman is trying to cheer robin up and he like pulls a microphone out of like is it out of the wall and starts beatboxing <laughs> horribly. I I don't know like there's something about that scene and how into it they both get like and they're really excited to be beatboxing together. And the composition, the way they set that up, uh, I think was also really nice. Where you it, you know one of those split split view things mm-hmm. but i just i love that scene cracks me up every time <laughs> yeah. every time I, I i don't know where the idea for batman to be beatboxing uh like i don't know where the <laughs> scene for know. that is yeah but it, but it kind of makes sense in this version of batman right like he he thinks he is just the best at everything even things that he is uh solidly less than mediocre at uh and really should steer clear of um <laughs> uh lisa do you got one I really love the Harley Quinn scenes around the asylum, both when she's outside feeding the cue to um, Batman when she's got the the laundry cart, the the, the laundry service that's named after the the zone. And um, he's all, wait, I can send him there. And then later when she's in the elevator, just the way Jenny Slate delivers all of her lines and does Harley is just so sweet and so fresh Mm -hmm. and so funny. I love it. (laughs) 
Harley, yeah, Harley Quinn makes me laugh consistently in this movie. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's a there's a bunch of Batman lines uh, I love in this, but it's some of the kind of just quick uh, visual gags that really get me. Uh, at one point, uh, there's a, when the, the, all the villains are attacking Gotham, and I think Sauron is just like ejecting lava all over. There's like a scene where like lava like rushes over a cat and the cat like gets, I guess, looks like it gets burned. And then the cat just quickly says, I'm fine. And then they they keep going. And I don't know why, <laughs> but that line, which is so, it's just because it's a kid movie, the cat that in another, you know, this, this horrifying mm-hmm. thing where a cat maybe is getting burned by lava, but the cat insists, I'm fine. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it gets me. Um and it's like you know that that is nothing batman related but it's just a ridiculous joke and it's a, a little bit of the like uh it, you know the the superhero movies where we have to have extreme property damage and here it's like man it's legos it's all going to be rebuilt and even this cat the cat's fine so <laughs> nathan what do you got uh michael sarah as robin is so <gasps> great he's he could be annoying and he never is he's just so sweet and full of yearning and so earnest mm-hmm. and you know it, it's just it, it's a next level performance from sarah I, i've loved him in arrested development i loved him in scott pilgrim i don't know if he's ever been funnier than he is here and and the scene where batman and robin are trying to break into arkham asylum and batman is using the natural camouflage in the shadows and robin's cape is casting little sparkly <laughs> reflections for Oh my gosh! It's Uh, and the way they design his character with the huge puppy dog. Yes. Should I get experimental surgery to make my eyes larger? The thing that gets me is when Uh the Joker says "Namaste" and Robin says "Namaste" in response. (laughs) He's just such a pure soul. Uh, I love when they're when they're breaking into Arkham Asylum uh, and they like they bump into Barbara Gordon. And she's like, is this your kid? And he, Batman's like, no, 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 no. And she's like, it's weirder if he's not. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. Because it, it is. <laughs> so, Aline, do you got one? So, Babby Aline grew up watching the 60s Batman show. Um, like, on repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, over and over and over again. And um, so, all of the nods to the 60s show, I absolutely love. But I super love at the end, where they are just, they're, like, super leaning into it. And and one of the indicators that Batman and Robin are really um, bonded as a team and are really uh, working well together is they start with the onomatopoeia <laughs> so they, yes. they like hit and then like the whole background is like oh pow and i just i i love that so much and i also love the payoff of the shark repellent mm-hmm. where at the beginning he's like oh yeah no it's fine you can actually touch that and then at the end he's like what do you know it actually does something and i think i don't know why but i think about that scene from the 60s batman <laughs> with the shark spray the shark repellent um more often than maybe is normal. <laughs> and, so, and so, I mean, that was a really good payoff for me. So that's one thing that I really appreciate. And as, um, as little as I actually know about Batman, because like 1960s Batman and Batman, the animated series are about the extent of my knowledge. That's, that's a lot of um, Batman though. You know, that's, that's there's, that is a, a decent percentage of the Batman it's, media out mm-hmm. there. Right. I mean, that's, you know, it is the thing where, where, you know, Batman started as a comic book character and he still continues mm-hmm. as one, obviously, but like, there's a lot of Batman media out there. And I don't know, I don't know how you weigh media, different types of media, but like, you know, animated series and sixties Batman. That that's that's a lot of Batman. So yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I I love that. Awesome. 
Uh, Lisa, you want to take us home? What is the, the all right. next best uh, favorite moment from Bat the Lego Batman movie? When they're all sitting on the couch laughing snidely along to Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that that's a bonding activity for the Bat family at the end of the movie where they all eat their lobster thermidor and then they sit on the couch and they wait for that you complete me moment and they all burst into hysterical laughter at it i just i don't know why i find that so funny i just <laughs> like that that they, it's the family that heckles movies together mm -hmm. fights crimes together or something so i will i will admit a, a hole in my knowledge here i don't think i've ever seen that movie so it's i okay. was somewhat i think that moment i i was somewhat oblivious to like is the moment supposed to be funny because it doesn't seem no, funny no or is no it, then no they're so, awful so jerks laughing at the touching moment they're awful jerks laughing at the touch yeah, that's, because that's what you, I thought. so here's the whole point to jerry Maguire is over the course of the movie jerry Maguire is a jerk who gradually becomes less less of a jerk and a more principled individual and he does that so with the support of his magical black friend because in cameron crow movies black people exist to make white people better and of course with the magical lady in love with him because also cameron crow women exist to burnish men and over the course of the movie, he becomes a real boy with real feelings. And at the end of it, they have the big heart-to-heart uh, -heart conversation. And um, he finally deigns to tell the woman who has literally done everything for him, you complete me. And she sobs back, you had me at hello. And it's supposed to be this very moving thing because they finally admitted their feelings for one another and they can be happy now. And if you are into this movie, I imagine it is a moving moment. If you were a jerk like me in the Bat family, it is a moment where you just start laughing like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and that is why I like it so much is because they watch movies like I watch movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think when you when you start watching that scene because, you you know, it's like, oh, it's a reference to the beginning of the film when he's laughing at this thing and you think, oh, well, he's going to have all this development and and. And he's grown as a person, so he's going to be emotionally, you know, he's going to be choked up or, you know, sincere, feel something. And then they all start laughing and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> In some ways, no one has changed, but he's not yeah. alone. So, yeah. Okay, I've I have learned a valuable, uh, important lesson about culture and a joke <laughs> in the Lego Batman movie that I didn't totally get. Thank you, Lisa. So, you're making me a better person. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are there other moments that people want to call out, bring out your dead, or, or other things that we should touch on, or, or, or topics related to the Batman movie, that a Lego Batman movie that we haven't have not already tread upon? If if I can rain on this parade, um, there were two things in the movie that didn't quite work for me, or mm -hmm. that I wished had been different. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't see why Batman has to crush on Barbara Gordon. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't pay off, and it ends up just feeling weird and creepy since Barbara mm. is so super competent. Uh, I just, I mean, nice, nice use of cutting crew. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, mm. I also felt like they kind of ran out of money, and there was another. There should have been another ten to twenty minutes of the movie where Batman does have to go back to the phantom zone instead of just just having adorable wonderfully cast ellie kemper quote michael jackson back to him uh, it, it felt like that would have been the the more logical step in, in the character progression instead of him basically being like nope you don't have to pay this debt that you incurred it's okay it's cool mm-hmm <laughs> Although the, the gag of him being taken up to the Phantom Zone and then smacking into it like a glass ceiling mm -hmm. and plunging back to Earth is a pretty good compensation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As is the way Ellie Kemper calls him Mr. Batman. Yes, that yes. I, I like that joke. So. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Lisa, Arlene, other other things we should touch on? I'm really curious as to how this this relationship between Batman and Joker is going to work. Um, now that they finally admitted that they they they've uh, agreed to stop seeing other villains slash superheroes. <laughs> well, the Joker says yeah. he doesn't mind if Batman fights around. <laughs> As long as he's the most important villain in Batman's life. I think he's just, he's just looking for acceptance that, that Batman is, you know, pretty fixated on him. I think he's just, he yeah. just, need, he wants to, to hear Batman's truth is, is the, yeah. it's not, I think it's not so much that there needs to be different actions so much as that people uh, accept and are, and are aware of what's going on and that there's a, a sharing of feelings and a meeting of minds. I don't yeah. know. I may be giving Lego Joker <laughs> a lot of credit here. <laughs> Although it may solve some of the problems of the Justice League if Batman and and the Joker are exclusive, so maybe not all bad. Yeah, that's a good point. Superman calls him, "Come pick up your villain. He's drunk again." Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I do. Um, I, I see it from that perspective. I also like that they basically end this movie the same way that, well, or rather, the when they they they're like, "Oh, we'll give him a thirty minute head start." That reminds me a whole lot of the end of Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. You know, and and I I like that uh, looping back to that too. It's it's I, I always find that enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I'm just amazed that uh, the one place that I saw on the big screen the disturbing ideas of Frank Miller and Grant Morrison that the Joker was romantically fixated on Batman was in a children's Lego movie. <laughs> and yep. yet it works. It works. That's the it thing. works so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you about the Barbara Gordon thing. I think the only explanation I can come up with is in order for Batman to realize he has to change, he has to act from a place of self-interest. And Barbara Gordon initially was self-interest, and then I guess it turns into respect. Um, but we never really see that. Yeah, and it, it, he undercuts yeah. it by flirting with her after he has clearly described her as a platonic uh, friend yeah. who is also a girl and coworker. Yeah, yeah, because that's him trying to to push away and deny his feelings, and I I strongly suspect that was for like the eight to nine year old audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I could have done without that. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. I mean, even the kind of the gag where he falls out of the sky and she catches him and then drops him right away. Right. You know, I don't know if we need that. If that felt like maybe that was left over from some other draft of the script or something. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I could have done without it. Cool. Well, I think we have uh, we've we've covered a lot about the the Lego Batman movie, uh, a movie Mm -hmm. it seems like we all uh, we feel uh, pretty strongly about and have as is, I think, for anyone who is any way interested in Batman is, is worth checking out because it says some interesting mm-hmm. stuff. It's also a movie that you, I feel like you could watch with a lot of different people. Uh, I have seen it in theaters. I have watched it with friends people watch it with their family. It, it, it kind of appeals to a lot of people. So that's, uh, that's, that's something nice to say about it. Mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked. Uh, th- you know, this movie came out in 2017. It did not get a nomination for uh, best animated feature yet. Somehow, uh, a movie I've not seen, but I think I hate. Uh, Boss Baby did. Um, so there's uh, there's your oh downer. My. Yes, there is no justice in the world. Put on leather and spandex and go out and and right the world because it is wrong. It is wrong. Mm. Sorry, sorry. We're not we're not recruiting for vigilantes right now. But yes, there is no justice in the world. Um, yeah. Uh, because I I love this movie. I've seen it three times. I'm sure I'll see it three more times. Um, but I think it is now time to uh, to close out our, uh, our our advanced seminar on the Lego Batman movie. Uh, I'd like to thank my uh, star students for uh, for joining us uh, today. Uh, Nathan Alderman, thank you for being with us. Uh, always happy to be here. Aline Sims. Dress up parties are for grown ups only. Indeed. 
and Lisa Schmeiser. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Uh, listeners, if you have other suggestions uh, for advanced topics I should tackle this summer here at Batman University, uh, send me a tweet at T Sindelar. Or if you're already part of the Incomparable member Slack, we've got a Batman University channel. You can uh, suggest things there. I've got a couple things in mind, but I'm taking suggestions. Uh, thanks for listening, and hopefully you'll come back soon to Batman University, not an accredited institution. Good night. <laughs>